Hey there. Welcome to the Refuge Podcast. We're a podcast for Crossroads Community Church in Nampa, Idaho. And at the church, we believe in being a place of refuge, transformation, partnership with God. My name is Charlie. I'm a pastor at Crossroads. And I'm Lisette, and I'm also a pastor at Crossroads. And uh, you are joining us once again from our extra bedroom. And we're glad to have you here. The studio, the as studio. we're calling it. <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a piano in the corner. There, the, yeah, there's, a, slowly becoming... there's a lot of stuff in here, actually. <laughs> it's just the room that Judah can't get to, or yep. two-year-old cannot yep. get in here. So. so it's become our home office slash podcast and worship studio. Yes. It's, yes. It's a long title. It's an inspiring place. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys are each making accommodations in your homes, trying to find a place where your kids can't find you. Maybe trying to get away from the Good spouse luck. for a couple minutes, you know. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, we are glad to have you guys here with us today, and uh, hopefully you're able to join us this past Sunday and uh, listen to message and worship with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually got to intro a new song yeah. for us at Crossroads, and Lisette, talk to us a little bit about it, because I thought it was a pretty cool song. Yeah, you know, it was a really fun... So we've been recording these services at Jim and Dory's house in their living room, and it's just a whole different ballgame when you're kind of just sitting in front of a camera and you're just like, go. And you're like, okay, yeah, you, yep, we're doing it. We're worshiping or we're, you know, or for Jim to speak. And he's like, and here we go. So it's kind of a weird experience. And um, anyways, this week, some some weeks just feel better than other weeks. This week was so fun to record. It was just so fun. And we entered came across this, on the video too. Yeah, it just it felt was, like there's a really lot oh, of cool It was so energy. much fun. And the song that we introed this this last week, Graves into Gardens, it's actually kind of an Easter song, but we got it in a week late. Um, but it's just such a great, the the bridge, the kind of tagline for it, the, he turns graves into gardens, he turns seas into highways, he turns bones into armies. That's just, that's just what he does. Or he's the only one who can. That's, that's the lyrics. But it's just such a um, powerful song. Jim said the first time he heard it, he was like, eh, I don't, I'm not in love with it, you know. And then we did it kind of in his living room and we were worshiping and um, I talked about it a little before we started. And he's just like, wow, that's it's a powerful song. It's a powerful declaration of who our God is and what he does. And, and mm. actually a great follow-up to his Easter message, which was this idea that God brings life from death, that he's, wow. yeah. you know, he makes things clean that are unclean. He brings holiness where there's sin, you know, so... Yeah, it was just a super fun Sunday. If you guys, we, it's not going to be on the podcast, the worship won't, but if you go back um, and look on our website, you can, yep. you can watch Crossroads it. Crossroads Nampa, you can just go to our online campus page. And similarly, because uh, I'd like to take some credit, I've kind of suggested the song to you, oh, Lisette, and oh, I feel yeah. like I wasn't mentioned enough, so no, this is my avenue enough. for some cred. <laughs> actually, to be fair, credit where credit is due, Charlie actually suggests a great number of the songs that we intro at Crossroads. Oh, look at that. You're more of a song. He's more like the music song guy yes, than I am. Yes, the, I, I, I get a hold connoisseur. Of him. Yeah. He's a connoisseur, yeah. that's right. <laughs> but I, I, it, it kind of grew on me, too. I remember the first time I heard it, and I was like, yeah, it's an okay song. Um, but then you start listening, and it, it just gets stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. And I love the illusions, because he also does morning to dancing, beauty to ashes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And all of those are from Scripture. Yep. Either literally a direct quote in terms of, you know, he takes beauty to ashes. That's a direct quote from yep. Scripture. Mm-hmm. Or graves and armies, talking about, I think, is it Isaiah? Bones and armies. Bones and armies, yeah. Bones yeah, and armies. The, yeah, the valley of dry bones and Ezekiel. Ezekiel. That's yep. what it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, just... Wow. And you see this theme throughout scripture developing of like, God just takes, he takes widows and he turns them into nations or um, barren women and turns them into nations, right? Mm -hmm. He takes Mm -hmm. this thing that is dead and he makes it alive. Yeah. And I thought it was a really, really cool song. You guys did a great job. So go check us out on online campus. You can watch that. Uh, But we're going to listen to the message that Jim did after that. And we'll get together afterwards and talk about it. Yep.
Good morning. Welcome to our living room. The song that you heard playing as I uh, got ready to speak here is a song that some of you might recognize. If you're real young, you might not. But it's the song by Bob Dylan. The times, they are a-changing. It was a song written for the revolution that happened in the 60s. We can debate what that revolution was really all about, but the song became an icon for that time. One of the verses reads, Come, senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway. Don't block up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled. There's a battle outside, and it's raging. Oh, the times. They are a-changing. You know, there's another revolution going on right now. I ran across this picture this week. It's the COVID-19 task force, bipartisan. And here they are, bowing their heads in the White House, praying, asking for God's help. <laughs> I don't think these senators and leaders are blocking the halls. I think they're leading. It seems as though there's another revolution happening right now. And in spite of the critics of this particular picture, something's happening. The world is changing. There was a revolution that happened in the first century after the resurrection. You see, 50 days later, at the celebration of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon the believers. And those who were maybe afraid to admit they believed in Jesus prior to that became bold proclaimers and witnesses of Jesus. A revolution that happened then changed the world. And that handful of believers within 300 years had grown to 120 million believers throughout the world. That was a revolution. These times, they were changing. What's next? A spiritual revolution, perhaps? We've been looking at Jesus through this time of, of Easter. We saw that he walked the path to Calvary. We see that we also have a path, a dangerous opportunity where we make decisions that will change the rest of our lives. We, we looked at Easter and Jesus being the very river of life, but he said those who believe in him, in them will flow waters of living water. In other words, the very power that Jesus was given is now given to those who believe. And then the Bible tells us he ascended into the sky. Hmm. The sky? What? Well, Luke 24, 50 tells us, then Jesus led them to Bethany. And lifting up his hands to heaven, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshiped him and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They spent all of their time then in the temple praising God. He ascended into the sky. And the idea there is that it implies he sits now at the right hand of God. It means Jesus has authority. He sits in heaven or the sky with God. Acts chapter 1, 
Luke's account of what happened next. The word says in the 24th chapter, um, or in Acts, actually Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Huh. Now, all scripture, according to 2 Timothy 3.16, is God-breathed and useful. Modern scholars agree that with all of the words that could have been used by the writers of the New Testament, these words were picked on purpose. Why this word sky? Sky is the word that stands out after the resurrection. Why? Well, let me give you a little bit of a background. Genesis 1, in the very first words of the Bible, the word sky is mentioned. This dome-like barrier separating heaven from earth. God said, let there be rahia, which in the Hebrew, it means sky or heaven. Samaim is the plural. It's also a synonym. So sky and heaven seem to be interchangeable. Jesus, when he walked this earth, taught his disciples when they said, how should we pray? He said, this is how you should pray. Our father who art in heaven, sky, this aboveness from where we live. He also said when he came, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. In other words, it's accessible. It's grabbable. You can touch it. So does that mean then that we should be thinking about heaven, thinking about the sky, the, you know, the sweet by and by? Is that what we're supposed to be focused on? Well, we might think that, but one time some Pharisees who were trying to challenge Jesus asked him a question. And Jesus basically confronted them with these words. One day the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus demanding that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven and prove his authority. He replied, you know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. For the times, they are a-changing. Jesus is not saying, I want you to focus on the sky. I want you to understand that the sky becomes a reminder. We need to be looking and seeing what God is up to. You know, in Luke 17, Jesus says, for as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. Are you still confused about the word sky? Don't worry, so is the preacher. Hang in there. Sky is something we might not have noticed when we read the Easter story. Yeah, we can see the river of life. We can see the paths, but sky... We need to understand, Jesus talked about it. He told us to pray to the Father who is in it. He then ascends into it, and then he promises he'll return from it. Does he want us to watch the sky? 
I think what he's saying is I want you to watch. I want you to read the times. I want you to be aware of what is going on. We're still fascinated by the sky today, aren't we? We have NASA. We just this year started a new space force. You've got Elon Musk and his SpaceX Starship believing that by 2021 we'll return to the moon. We're fascinated by the sky. I don't think Jesus is saying be fascinated with the literal sky. I think he's saying, understand, I'm coming back, but be aware of the signs of the time. Are we reading this time in history? God is speaking. We've learned a lot of things in these days, this pandemic. Just today, we learned that in Idaho, we have another two weeks of this social distancing and not gathering in groups. But we've learned important things. We've learned that we really aren't in control. <laughs> we've learned what really matters. It's certainly not stuff. It's people. It's family and friends. But a seismic shift has taken place. And it has shattered the landscape of all that we've known. But remember that it is in the earthquakes, those seismic shifts, that the mountains come forth. And those beautiful mountains that we all love, they come from pain. I can preach this message. I can teach on camera believing that you're actually listening on the other side. <laughs> but one of the things I've noticed in this time is that the real ministry that is happening in the body of Christ today is happening from you. Not the preacher on camera. No one is darkening the doors of the church, so to speak. The church is going to where the need is. People are meeting needs. People are being generous. You're being neighbors. You're making phone calls. You're texting. You're praying. You are actually doing the work of ministry. I've asked Dory if she would come over here, and, and uh, we don't need the social distance, so uh, we're, we're married, so this is cool. But uh, Dory, um, you've started noticing some of the things that are happening. Can you tell us about, just, just at Crossroads, some of the stories you're hearing? Sure, sure. You know, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I've experienced in these days is, is loneliness missing family and friends and church community. Mm. It's been challenging. And yet, in the midst of it, of it, I've also been comforted by God and by other people. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians says that God comforts us so that we can comfort other people. Yeah. And that word comfort literally means to cause someone to be encouraged. And we've heard some amazing yeah. stories just this week of from you and ways that you have caused other people to be encouraged. So I wanted to share a yeah. few of them that we've heard of, and there's certainly many, many others. Um, we've heard about neighbors sharing their Wi-Fi codes so that kids can join online school. We heard about a young single person who had hardly any money and gave to a young ministry couple who were struggling in this time. We heard about someone getting to the front of a drive through line only to find out that their food had already been purchased. Well, wow, that's great. We got an anonymous gift on our front door. It was very encouraging in the day that we really needed it. And others have 
people have filled candy eggs and surprised kids for Easter so that they could have moments of joy in the midst of all of what we are going through. My favorite is about a couple who acquired some landscape rocks for free and just felt like they needed to go back to that home and give that family some money, even though there was no charge for what they received. And what they learned as a result is that this family was struggling. They were lonely and they were missing family and a friendship started and they even asked them to be surrogate grandparents to that's their awesome. kids. That's it's a awesome. great story. Yeah. Really, that's just a few things that God is doing through you. But there's also things that God is doing in us. And we heard a few of those this week and I just want to recount a couple. Someone said that we are trusting God to provide all that we need spiritually, physically, emotionally in these days. Someone else said God miraculously healed my marriage. What a cool story that is. Yeah. Someone else said, I'm eliminating hurry for my life. We all needed that. And someone else said they're trying to discern the direction God has for them in these days by really listening and doing what God says. And finally, someone said, being still is teaching me so much about leaning into God and what he has for me. There's just a lot of really great stories of people being in the church. Good. Thank you, Dory. Thank you. The times are changing. The church is being the church. The spirit that God gave us at Pentecost is enabling us to be sensitive to what really matters. It's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. What has he freely given us? Salvation? Forgiveness? Yes. He's given us the good news of abundant life and life eternal. But the fact that we know that, it has caused this revolution in people wanting to give that to others. It's an exciting time. We're not supposed to just watch the skies and wait for heaven but we're supposed to act now with heaven's power. That's the revolution. You see, heaven is a condition. It's a dynamic relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's it's a condition more than a destination somewhere up there in the sky. What's why the angels asked the disciples, why are you looking up in the sky? Heaven happens now to a certain degree because the Spirit enables us as believers, empowers us to do the work of ministry. It's why John, the revelator, said in Revelation 21, 1 through 4, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That word heaven and sky, same word. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, the sky, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the, th- from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or no more COVID-19. 
or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed. You see, heaven is not so much a place. It is the presence of God. Heaven's already begun as you, the church, are responding through the sensitivity of the spirit and ministering to others with the water of life. Times have changed. I don't want to go back to the way they were. I want to move forward to what God has for us. And I think a revolution is upon us. The church is rising up. We've been forced out of the box of the church, the gathering places. But we've been forced into one another's lives. And what's happening is you, the church, are ministering in the name of Jesus. The times, they are changing. And we're not going back to the way we were. We're going forward to be who he's called us to be. We can read the sky, but let's read the signs of the times. He turns graves into gardens. <laughs> Something new is happening. A revolution is at our doorstep. Don't stand in the way. Let it happen. God bless you. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I hadn't ever heard anybody start a message off with a Bob Dylan lyric, but thought Jim did a good job. <laughs> I'm a Bob Dylan fan, so I was yeah. like, okay, cool. Times well, he was, are changing. He threw it out to the staff before, and some of our younger staff members were like, can you sing a little bit of that? I don't know that. <laughs> I think some of that. our younger staff didn't know who Bob Dylan was, <laughs> which I felt like was a little bit offensive. Oh, it's but. not offensive. It's just, honestly, it's just a sign that we're getting old. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I was talking about somebody today on a Zoom meeting that the musical styles are changing. Yeah. And now I'm having a hard time not being a grumpy old man. Yeah, well, you had it in you all along. That's right. <laughs> we're only we're only thirty, so it's, that's right. It's too soon. It's too soon. And yet, it was cool for some. I, it was cool for me to hear Bob Dylan and think about that song and, and this revolution mm -hmm. that happened yep. when with Bob Dylan, yep. which is whatever. But the revolution, more importantly, that happened around Jesus and his yep. death and his resurrection, and then Pentecost. Yeah. And this time where these guys are looking to the sky and. Uh, these angels come and say, hey, he's going to come back that way. But our focus isn't on mm -hmm. that. It's on what is he doing, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a really cool um, where he's just saying, hey, the times, the times are changing. And he's he took what Jesus did and then he kind of wove it back into our present day, which is like, hey, look, look around you. Like things, things are changing and they're not, you know, I think I've said this many times. Charlie could tell you, like, I just want life to go back to normal. And I think a lot of us feel that way, like, why can't it just go back to normal? And yet at the same time, many of us have said or heard said, you know, we don't want to go back to normal. We want to go to something better. Yeah. And I think, I think that's true. I think, um, how we connect as a church, I hope will be different after this. I hope we'll look differently after this. And, and he, and Jim just did a beautiful job drawing that the times are changing. Yeah. And that the Pharisees seemed so, um, caught up in the weather and yet they couldn't even see what God was doing. 
mm. in Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. And so oh, for yeah, us, we totally. don't need to figure out, oh, what does this mean for yeah. end mm-hmm. times right. or what? And right. No, our focus is on we're supposed to be doing the work that he is doing. Yeah. And what he says is don't be, don't miss it. Yeah. And what he means by don't miss it is be doing the work that I gave you to do mm-hmm. in the midst of this. He is still doing work and let's join him in that so that when he does come, when he does come out of the sky, like he first left that, that we wouldn't be caught sitting here worried about a virus, but we would be caught up in doing what the Lord has called us to do in the midst of this. Yeah. And like we talked about last week, that's loving our neighbors. That's loving our families. That's mm-hmm. creating space maybe in this solitude to get closer Mm-hmm. Uh, to Jesus, which is kind of the cool thing that we get to do this with him too. Well, and if I could challenge you guys as you sit, you know, in your homes and, you know, maybe some of you that are still doing essential jobs, wherever you're sitting and you think like, wow, you know, church isn't the same and things are so different. And, and I feel that too. And yet, as we look at that and we think, wow, God has really stripped it down, right? Like God's taken out so much of the filler, so much of the kind of the bows and the ribbons, right? And we, we're not meeting together and we're not doing these, you know, song services together or having our messages, you know, presented in person or just all these different things that we've come to know as church. And so when God strips all that down, what what's left? Like we are the church and what does that mean? And so as you're sitting in your places, I challenge you to consider that. Like, what does that mean? If you are a follower of Christ, a disciple of Jesus, you are the church. And what does that mean right now? And I think the answers that you'll come up with are going to be amazing. Yeah. And I think sometimes Jim said this, it's not just about what the pastors are doing. Like you said, when we make church about the Sunday experience, it's like, okay, what are the, what is the worship going to be like? What's Jim going to come and share? And those are great things. Mm-hmm. But the church is also about what God is calling you to do. You are mm-hmm. the church. Are and the church. we're seeing the the people of God rise mm-hmm. up and do things so much more than just our pastor team can do. Totally. And what Dory shared was awesome. Oh, she, oh that was dude. just so powerful. I yeah. hope you guys caught that. Um, just that list of, and, and that is the church. Like that yeah. is you guys being the church. Outside of the doors of the church, blow the lid off. Yeah. This is church. Well, and to tell a story, I had a, a member of our church, in fact, a member of our board, reach out to me and say, hey, why don't we do something for NNU students? It's mm-hmm. Dr. Crabb, who's a professor at our at NNU, was like, hey, what if we did something? And you know what? Truthfully, I felt like as soon as he said that, I should have thought of that. But then I realized, you know what? No, this is Dr. Crabb is serving these students. Yep. What a mm-hmm. cool thing for him as someone who cares for these students, as mm-hmm. an educator who mm-hmm. is saying, hey, let's do this. And so we're working together, Dr. Crabb and I, to put together some stuff for those students. And yep. and it was such a cool example to see Dr. Crabb doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's being the church to those kids. Yeah. And as you guys look around in your places, you know, who who is it that needs you right now? Who is it that needs? Maybe it's your kids. You might be a mom right now and you're like, my kids need me. And that's, I mean, that is being the church. That's being Jesus to little yeah. people. And that's hard work. Yeah. You know, or you may look around and maybe some students or it may be whoever it is, though, you know, look around and say, who, yeah. who am I being Jesus to right now? If you're a single person stuck at home, maybe being that friend who's being purposeful, reaching mm-hmm. out reaching to some out. people. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, finding Zoom calls to get some community. Don't be alone. You know, mm-hmm. that that you can bless people. Just sending a text right now can be powerful, right? Yeah. It can just be this touchdown that somebody wasn't going to get in this day and, and yeah. they got it from you. And that's amazing. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for... Uh, what you're doing where you are and Mm -hmm. God has a specific call for you he has given you good works to do that he has prepared for you that Mm -hmm. only you can do and so we are so excited to partner with you as you do that and pray for you and so please let us know at the church if there are ways that we can be praying for you Mm -hmm. and we look forward to talking to you next week